You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, broadcast in late January 2021, our first broadcast of the new year. Today, we explore Doctor Who magazine with a great group of distinguished collectors. We also help you protect those magazines and an outrageous offer that might not be too outrageous, but for us, it makes the cut. And now, here is Fraser Hines. to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, the podcast that explores the world of Doctor Who collecting, those who collect it, protection of those collectibles, and all Doctor Who and related merchandise. I am Larry Van Mersberg and your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who since 1981. Shortly after, I opened one of the first Doctor Who stores in the Chicago area called Bundles from Britain, and we are mentioned in a great book that every collector should have on their shelf called Red, White, and Who, the Story of Doctor Who in America. It is written by some wonderful friends of mine, available from ATB Publishing, and our company is mentioned on page 384. I have a convenient link direct to Amazon to buy this book at our webpage at DoctorWhoCollectors.com. We are not receiving any money for this book. We just want everybody to have a copy. Our theme song is Who's Doctor Who, composed by Barry Mason and Les Reed, performed by the great Fraser Hines, our friend, and who played Jamie McCrimmon in many Doctor Who episodes and the longest-running character on the TV program. Consider becoming a friend of our podcast. You can support us a number of ways. Um, first and foremost, you can visit us at our Podbean page at doctorwhocollectors.podbean.com. You can click the patron button and support our podcast that way. You can also shop for your favorite Doctor Who items at our um, eBay store. Just go to eBay and search for Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Uh, All the purchases on that particular page do benefit the podcast. We don't sell off the collection. We do sell duplicates or promo items that are provided to us for review, uh, things that uh, don't fit our category or things that are like I said, not essential to our to our mission. And of course, we take that money and we put it into podcasting costs. So, so far, we've, we've been able to raise about $1,000, which keeps us on the air throughout 2021. We thank all those who supported us. Speaking of which, you can hear this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, including Podbean and Pandora. We are a proud member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance, and you can hear many other great podcasts at DoctorWhoPodcastAlliance.org. 
couple of podcasts I want to highlight. Since you're already listening to this one, you should be listening to two more. Uh, the podcast is called Police Box in a Junkyard. That's a random Doctor Who story, whether it be a comic, print, graphic novel, audio, or video. And it's discussed uh, in, in with a th- usually a short panel of, of experts, and it's hosted by our, our friend Eric Goldbranson. I've been on a few of those episodes, uh, and uh, it's been a lot of fun to discuss some of these random stories. And they're not in any particular order. It's completely randomly generated. The other podcast you definitely should have on your list is the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, hosted by my good friend Tony Witt. Appearing with him, of course, is our friends Ellison Fitch's Seyfried and Dalton Hughes. Uh, They're reviewing the Target books in story order, which is interesting to me since they were not written in story order. I've had the honor of being a guest on several of their episodes, so please give it a check out. Also, while I'm talking about great tools to your collecting, another great tool, of course, is the wonderful book Howe's Transcendental Toy Box by David J. Howe and Arnold T. Bloomberg. Of course, the book is a wonderful resource. However, once a book is printed, it becomes outdated and not up to date very quickly. So you might want to head over to the website, uh, which is doctorwhotoybox.co.uk. David J. Howe, of course, is an author in the Doctor Who world and a good friend of ours here. Uh, He and I are working together this year to improve the Doctor Who Toy Box website, make it more accessible, make it easier to search, and keep out the spam, which is really important. So if you have something that you're not sure about, head over to the Toy Box website and see if it's already been cataloged. And speaking of cataloging, if you're interested in cataloging your book and audio collection for free and I mean for free, head over to timelash.com backslash TARDIS library and set up a free account. Uh, Our friend Dan O'Malley runs his free essential service. There are other wonderful things you can find at timelash.com as well, so please give them a, a check out there. And as usual on every episode, we have our collection protection main story and the most outrageous offer coming up after the break. I would like to invite you to take a trip across all of time and space. Join us in the police box as we discuss the worlds of Doctor Who in a completely random order. We discuss it all. TV stories, audio adventures, novels, nonfiction books, and on and on. I'm your host, Eric Branson. I would be very happy if you join me for the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a proud partner of the Video Junkyard podcast and can be found on most major podcast platforms including SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Spotify. You are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. Hello fellow time travelers, I'm Tony Witt with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I'm joined by... Dalton Hughes. And by... Alison Fitzsafry. And we record our episodes twice a month. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Enjoy your travels! Up there is the scanner, those are the doors, that is a chair with a panda on it. Sheer poetry, dear boy. Doctor Who magazine has been a publication that has thrilled Doctor Who fans for many years. Uh, Started with its first issue in October of 1979 as a weekly issue. Um, Included uh, great things such as free transfers, pictures, and posters. 
But after running a weekly magazine for a full year, Marvel decided to move it to a monthly magazine. So in September of the year 1980, they moved it to a monthly magazine. As of January 2021, we are on issue number 560. And it's gone from Marvel Comics to Panini Books and has still maintained a presence in the Doctor Who world. So today we're going to talk about collecting Doctor Who magazine, and we have a very experienced roundtable of discuss uh, to discuss today's uh, today's topic. So we'll have everybody introduce themselves. Um, so we'll start with uh, Lee. Go ahead. Uh, Lee Thompson. I'm uh, hour south of Chicago, a little town called Bourbon, Illinois. Um, been a Doctor Who fan since 1975, so. Uh, long time there mm-hmm. um and uh recent to uh the doctor magazine i'm just getting into collecting that now so that's all i have. fantastic and we'll we'll go to william hello uh william thompson i am the son uh to lee thompson uh same town bourbon a illinois uh same way with my father uh though i've been a customer for Doctor Who magazine um, since I was a kid. Uh, I haven't started really collecting them um, until uh, just recently, but I've definitely loved having the posters up in my room uh, ever since I can remember. Fantastic. And then we'll go to Chris. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm from New York. I've been a Doctor Who fan since the mid-80s. Collecting Doctor Who magazine probably started pretty close to the beginning when I started getting collectibles since it was one of the few things that could actually find. Fantastic. Uh, we'll go to Randy. Hi, I'm Randy, owner from uh, Homewood, Illinois, which is the south suburb of Chicago, about 20 miles south. I've uh, been a Doctor Who fan since around 1980, watching him on WTTW in Chicago. Um, as far as uh, collecting the the who magazines it has been recent uh i guess a positive from the pandemic i guess you know catching a hobby so uh but it's recent but i've I've learned a lot over the last year with how to about the magazines fantastic and finally el wethis hi i'm el wethis pagan um i've been a fan since approximately 1975 i'm from northwest indiana and uh course catching doctor who on wttw in chicago i have been collecting doctor who magazine since the mid to late 80s where i could actually say i was collecting it uh before that it was just sporadic because of a uh, friend of mine that was also a doctor who fan and was getting his subscription from the uk being sent to him mm-hmm. i do remember that being a very pricey option back in the day uh, Absolutely. Still, and it still is, as a matter of fact. I know it's over $100 a year to subscribe to the print magazine uh, for, for getting it to the United States. There is no United States distributor, sadly. But um, but let's talk. Uh, start with uh, what, what was the first issue of Doctor Who magazine you bought and when you bought it? So I'll start with Lee again. Uh, my first, it had to be November, December 2013. Uh, I bought the issue 467. It was the 50th anniversary uh, souvenir edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was my first one. And I, I almost forgot that I bought it uh, until we started collecting more uh, Doctor Who stuff. Uh, one of my kids had uh, the actual magazine and I have it in the whole souvenir kit. I mean, it's the, it's the, in an envelope and it's 
never been open. It's got cards and all this stuff in it. And I, I wanted to make sure I protected it. So I, I put it away in my closet and uh, they reminded me that I had it. So I got it out. I was like, yeah, great. I've got it. So that was my first one. Oh, fantastic. And uh, William will ask you, it might, it might be the same thing, but go, go ahead. <laughs> Surprisingly, it is not. All right. <laughs> um, to, to the best of both my sister and I, uh, our knowledge, uh, it was issue 422. Um, that was both, we, we both kind of discussed. And what we used to do is after we would go and eat out, we would actually go to Barnes & Noble and be able to pick either a book or a magazine. And that seems to be the earliest one that either one of us could remember um, being allowed to purchase. Okay, fantastic. Uh, Chris, your first one? Um, I forget the exact issue. Um, I do remember the cover. It was the Shada, uh, the scientists when they get old. Uh, I remember getting it, and, and that was a back issue because one of the comic stores I used to go to, they had some targets and they had a box of a few old Doctor Who magazines. So the first one I got was that one because I didn't know what that episode was. I hadn't heard anything about that one. So it intrigued me, even though it was a weird cover. The first kind of newish issue I actually got was the one it was I think a 1986 issue with a fold-out cover of the six doctors mm. and that was the closest to I think like a current issue I was able to find at the time because as you guys know you know the issues came three months or so after it came out in England so I think that was the first contemporary one I got okay uh Randy your first one so it's it's kind of a Funny story, since this pandemic started, you know, Doctor Who Target books were my first elephant to chew on. And the magazines were going to be something, you know, I'll get to eventually. And when things lightened up, the restrictions lightened up in July of last year, you know, what's a harmless visit to half-price books? You know, maybe I'll find a Target book or two. Well, I think I found about 60 magazines that were in the bins. So it was, it was too hard not to pass up <laughs> so a lot of them were all really in good condition it's like well all right fine i'll just get a bigger dinner plate uh, add the magazines onto the books that i was collecting at the time um but it, they were probably in the range of the late 100 to mid 200 range okay wow fantastic elwithis your first magazine um, well, I know the first one that I'd actually seen from my uh, friend Kevin was issue 74 that had uh, Peter Davison. I'm actually trying to look at the cover mm. to be able to make sure it was the right one. It's with uh, Peter Davison and then Mark Strickson and, uh, well, it's basically the TARDIS team uh, standing on the cover looking off to the side. And then my first official issue that I purchased on my own was issue 83 with the Cybermen from Earthshock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, and then shortly after that, found a comic shop in the area mm. uh, that was carrying Doctor Who magazine. So my first official monthly where I started buying the monthly was uh, issue 89, I believe, which was with uh, um, Colin Baker and uh, uh, Nicola Bryant standing there. And uh, as far as I know, it was like introducing the TARDIS team. OK. Well, and for, and for, for me, it was actually it was issue number 70. Um, that I bought first. Uh, we had Peter Davison on the front cover. And of course, when I bought it, we had no idea who Peter Davison was. 
because it hadn't aired yet in in the Chicago area. Um, in the magazine itself, uh, was uh, retail price was five dollars for the magazine because uh, they said the import uh, and the and the, the wholesale and the import was actually more than the cover price of the magazine. So he had to charge a little bit more for the for the magazine. This one has a fold-out poster in the middle of a very classic pose of Anthony Ainley and Peter Davison standing back to back with their arms crossed, uh, which yeah. was a great publicity photo uh, for the time. And of course, uh, some great stuff in here about uh, about Peter Davison, about his um, his role and little a little article on John Nathan Turner and All Creatures Great and Small. So I, I've read it several times. In fact, I bought two copies because the other copy I have is signed by Peter Davison. I gave it to him a few years ago and I said, this was my first magazine. I'd be honored. And he was able to to do that. So my, my next question is, uh, what what then made, what was the clinching decision to start collecting Doctor Who magazine? And I'll go to in uh, back uh, reverse order here. I'll start with Elwidas on this. Ooh, I'm I, I'm not even sure. I think it was just uh, when I found that comic shop, just being all excited the fact that they had a couple uh, different issues here and there, and uh, the owner had said, uh, "If you're interested, I know there's a couple uh, Doctor Who fans in the area. I, I can put you down to make sure you get them each month, uh, just like the comics." So I was excited about that and just started that way uh, up until college. Okay. Once I moved away from college, that kind of stopped for a while, though, unfortunately, finances and such. I, I know for me, when I went to college, there was no comic book store in the area, so I, I couldn't get a hold of anything for, for a couple of years. I had to backtrack once I got out. Uh, Randy, what about you? You're the, the defining moment. Was that that bin of magazines at Half Price Books that kind of clinched it for you? Yeah, it kind of nudged me in that direction. Okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was it was it was too big. I, I blame and give credit to my wife because I was in the book section. She's in the magazine section. She goes, "Looky!" I'm like, "Oh no!" Thank you. I think so. And as <laughs> and I knew it was gonna get, I knew it was gonna get sucked in as soon as, as soon as I got into that. But uh, you know, fortunately at the time there were like sixty of them, and I want to say that maybe maybe three bucks a piece but fortunately lee and will were doing it at the same time so he they, we kind of split them and helped uh, siphon the blow so but but okay but yeah that was that was the deciding moment. okay and uh chris what was the deciding moment for you well i've always been a lifelong comic book collector and completist so i was used to going to all different comic stores and trying to complete the set so i took from where i was with the magazine started going backwards and trying to collect them all and then going forward when i could find them because there wasn't too many stores in the area that would actually carry them i started collecting them as the, as they were coming out as i could get them and then found a comic store that would regularly get them but sometimes they'd sell out so eventually i had that in my pull list so i would get it almost every month even though a few times they wouldn't get in then it was just a search to try to track down that one issue right right i hear you there uh william the deciding moment and it might be a, a collaboration with dad so i don't know <laughs> well w with mine um I actually found uh, when we were doing heavily starting our target collection uh, that there was issue 397 came with a somewhat new target book um, mm -hmm. bundled with it. And I found one on eBay um, and I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Uh, so I picked that up and that's what kind of started me going, Hey, what other things were bundled with these magazines? 
And then, of course, Randy contacting us out of the blue, going, hey, do you want to get in with this? And it's like, hey, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah, over the years, Doctor Magazine has included a lot of freebies from when Big Finish started out. They, they included a free Big Finish CD. Um, one of the most recent issues had a 45 record of outtakes from Evil of the Daleks. Uh, and I heard uh, from David J. Howe, the next issue is going to include a Target book. Again, kind of going back to that original thing. So there have been a lot of giveaways. Uh, it started, of course, with uh, the free transfers on the first issue of, of Doctor Who Weekly. And if you, you can find them with the transfers not already used, um, that's a better, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a better find. Uh, and it's still got the original tape that has it on there. The tape is really yellow. It's hard to see on the camera, but that's, uh, that's how it was when it came out. And the several first couple issues of the weeklies did that. And I guess the 500th issue also included a full sheet of transfers to kind of go back to that. Uh, mm -hmm. Lee, what was your deciding moment? Oh, I don't have your audio. I'd say go ahead and skip him for this okay, one. I'll get well, him working. No problem. We got uh, technical problems. It's the uh, it was the whole uh, what was the, uh, the 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 quote to sum up 2020 was you're on mute. So <laughs> so we'll go to the next uh, the next question here. Is there any special way that you protect your magazines? And I'll start with Chris on this one. Um, I've had them bagged and boarded, you know, mostly since I got them. Sometimes I'd switch them out for better bags and boards. Um, originally, it was just like whatever cardboard I had um, and then started getting the acid free. Mm -hmm. uh, one issue that I've had, even though I haven't really collected the, the last few years is I know they changed the size of the magazine. So it's hard to get bags and boards to actually fit it properly. The older ones were standard size, but now, you know, the, the bags are too small, the boards are too small, or you get bags that are way too big for them. So it's, it's a challenge to find box boards, et cetera, that'll fit these newer issues. Yeah. I hear you there. Uh, Elwitha, how about you? Protection, special protection? Well, I'm, Primarily gone for most of the issues for the longest time using uh, magazine size uh, comic bags and boards mm -hmm. until the sizes started changing again, where they would barely fit in the bag. You could fit the flap, but not the backboards um, to eventually just uh, the shop that I get my subscriptions through now, who North America puts, puts a board in it and wraps it in this really huge oversized bag, but nice and neatly just seals it. So, that's what I've been using until I go to eventually, and my plan is this week, a particular company that seems to be very well known through here on, on, on this podcast. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I don't think I have to mention them again, uh, but uh, okay. I, I definitely plan to be counting up how many I need now of the newest size. In fact, maybe Larry, if you can post the exact one, since I'm sure you know the exact one, I don't have to do any searching and I can just go ahead and order a, a, a bunch of them right away. No problem. I can do that. In fact, uh, on, on this particular podcast, my protection segment will cover the magazine bags and boards as it seems to, you know, be appropriate for that. So, Randy, how about you? Any special protection or? Yeah, so I'm using the, the acid-free bags and boards. Um, the, um, because I'm 
relatively recent to collecting them. It was it was a rude awakening once they started getting the newer ones, saying, "Why did they do this and change the size of the magazines?" <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I mean, because by I've, I've been focusing on the older ones right now, just because they, they mean more to me right now. So doing on that, but I'm getting to the point where you know I've got 250 maybe but to the point where I'm getting the newer ones now. So yeah, I will be interested to let to hear from you where uh, sure. it's a good place to get these from. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, William, how about you? Any special protection? Uh, basically the same way as everyone else. They're, they're bagged and bored um, with the archival grade uh, material. Um, our biggest thing right now is we're realizing how quickly the banker box holders are starting to take up our bookcases. Uh, so we're, we're definitely looking at um, more of the uh, comic book style airtight, watertight totes uh, to start mm-hmm. putting them in. Um, but definitely, it's pretty cool, though, to be able to see all of them lined up on a bookcase, though. That's true. I don't know if you can see behind me, but that's uh, the second shelf is all magazines. So it's, uh, they're all, you know, there's just, you know, and of course they do take up, a, you know, anything you collect takes up space. That's just, uh, you know, the, I'm kind of, I'm limited to these four walls for the most part. So I've been very creative. Uh, <laughs> and so we'll go back to Lee here, see if we can't. Uh, uh, can you hear me? Yes, you're good. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, I, I'm doing the same as, as, you know, Will and I are doing it together. So, you know, uh, making sure we, we're trying to be consistent about how we do it. Uh, but the, the banker box thing, I thought it, it was, it worked really well initially, uh, but we, we've got to find something different. Um, it, it just takes up too much space. And right. with all the other books that we're buying too, it's like, what do I want to have out in front? What do I don't want to have in front? Um, yeah, so it, whatever suggestions you guys have, we would love to hear it. So thanks. Sure, sure. Of course, uh, I I always have trusted the books the the bags and boards from bags unlimited incorporated and they of course they've been around since 1981 and they basically make a bag for about every size periodical that is out there including newspaper and tabloid and um, records and reel-to-reel tapes vhs tapes and all that great stuff so uh, bagsunlimited.com is the is the website. Um, I also remember I got a lot of attention not long ago because the Doctor Who hardcovers, um, people were looking for bags, and I, they have the perfect size bag that fits the hardcover without being too snug and has a little room for a flap. Um, but I do understand the whole thing with the size because I, I noted um, just – you know, the, the 500th anniversary edition uh, compared to the original, uh, and you can see that it is – it's bigger. And so it does present a challenge uh, to, to bag these larger issues. And even more of a challenge are the deluxe editions. When, when, when this one came out, I was like, wow, this one doesn't even fit any of the bags. So you kind of have to, you know, uh, it, it doesn't really need a board because it's, uh, it's pretty sturdy. But uh, getting, keeping it so that it doesn't, you know, get the corner bent and all that stuff it is really difficult and challenging. The other thing too, Bags Unlimited also has a lot of storage uh, options too, including uh, they they kind of gone away from cardboard and they go to this corrugated plastic, which is water, uh, it prevents water coming in and also, uh, you know, is a lot sturdier for stacking. So I'll include some of that information. Uh, like I said, it'll be on the segment of this podcast when I do that. 
but it's uh, important to use that good that good stuff because for one thing, I don't think this magazine would look as good if it didn't have an acid-free board and a bags unlimited bag. And this bags this particular bag is from 1982, so it's still holding strong. That company has been around uh, since 1979, and they do supply. Uh, currently, they're supplying bags to the Library of Congress and to you know places that um, the Smithsonian and things to to help protect. Um, some of the most valuable documents that we have. So, you know, of course, as, as collectors, we want things to last a long time. And that's, that's the whole idea. Um, so my next question, of course, is there one special magazine or two special magazines in your collections that mean a lot to you personally? So I'll start with uh, Randy on this one. So, um, yeah, I, the, the, the very first magazine is just that area of a magazine. I didn't really, since I didn't really collect them at the time, but looking through them very gently, um, they, they bring back childhood memories, you know, a dedicated page from a letter from the doctor where he's mm -hmm. talking straight to you and, I, and a photo file dedicated to a single doctor. Uh, they, they, they just seem more intimate to me. And then the occasional ad or contest that may be in them, that it's, it, they're, just, they're just really, really cool. But if, there, if there's one magazine, at least right now, that I've come across that uh, I enjoy a lot is the one with the uh, 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 trusted and beloved canine bookmark that yes, comes with yes. uh, issue 105. Um, that he's canine's always had a, a warm heart for me. So once I saw that, and I know it's one of maybe five or six with that issue that they had different bookmarks go with yes, it. Yes, yes. But fact, those, um, those, that one marks are hard to find. Yeah, that one that one was a surprise for me because I got that on a lot in a lot and didn't even realize that that came with that. So when I saw it, I was happy feet, happy dancing feet. So that that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, a lot of collectors are actually out there asking, does anybody have the magazine with the different variants so they could have all five uh, bookmarks? Very interesting. Uh, William, any special magazines in your collection? Uh, yeah, I've got a one uh, three seventy nine. Mm -hmm. Um, pretty much nothing in there is outside of the norm for the magazine, except for that was the very first time that I have seen so far where they did a feature on the original Scratchman. Oh. Um, and as a huge fan of that book and listening to the audiobook read by Tom Baker, I have fallen in love with it and to be able to see how early in the new revival of how he was already thinking of, Hey, I could turn this into another movie or I could turn this into my own book. It's so cool seeing him work his way through to the finished product that we have now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, it's a great story. I highly, highly recommend that one. Uh, let's see, let's go to uh, Chris, any special magazines? Um, I don't think there's one in particular, but since when I was collecting Doctor Who magazine, it was my only source of news as I was watching the show. Mm -hmm. So just going through pictures of them reminds me of, oh, the announcement of them finding Tomb of the Cybermen or when Sylvester McCoy got announced. So it's more of a memory lane of my fandom and, and the, the the things that were happening as well, I mean, not not immediately because of the the time delay on it, but that that was my way of being connected to Doctor Who fandom and and England and everything else. So just the covers alone just bring back tons of memories. Fantastic, Elwithus. Any special one special issues to you? Like Chris, 
saying the covers alone, just the memories that would be attached to them in some way. Um, it's, I've actually got kind of a three-way tie for me with, um, well, when I first went to London, uh, back just as I graduated high school, I actually tried to search out. I didn't know where to go. I mean, I, I was in London for the first time ever. So I was in awe of everything. Saw a bookstore, went in there, tried to buy a magazine and turned out I had just happened to get that magazine, uh, like about a week earlier, uh, luckily from, uh, a friend of mine that sent it out to me. So I didn't get anything, but the next time I went to London a few years, well, for the 50th anniversary and went with my son right there, uh, at a, uh, Oh, I'm forgetting the name of the bookstore. It's like the most popular bookstore across all of London. And I'm not now spacing it, That's but, okay. uh, they had the special edition for the day of the doctor. So I had to get my hands on that. So that's the first one I could say I bought in London, which was so cool to me. Then, uh, I had become over the last few years, I've gotten to become good friends with Andrew Skeletor. And mm -hmm. one of the issues I still could not find in back issue bins anywhere. He sent me, which was this one that I remember. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That had his interview and everything. So he goes, Oh, you're looking for that. I, I I've got a few copies, uh, somewhere in the attic. Let me dig it out for you. So he got that for me, which was so cool for him to send this because his artwork and Alistair Pearson's were like the two biggest loves, um, for posters in Doctor Who back then. Mm -hmm. And I guess probably the most important one to me would, would be uh, issue 435. And only because, uh, and it, it's kind of a, a slightly sad thing is my letter was printed in here uh, regarding Elizabeth Sladen. So this is my first fan letter to Doctor Who magazine um, talking about how I met her and, in Chicago yeah. and how amazing she was. And so that, that right there is, is just cool in so many ways. Absolutely. Um, let's see, Lee, any special magazines? Yeah, it's, it's my first one. Well, 467. Um, okay. the, the 50th anniversary, uh, was just an amazing event. And, um, I, I took my kids to our local movie theater and watched uh, the day of the doctor in 3d. Um, and with a whole crowd of, of, of Whovians, you know, yes. <laughs> um, it, it, if you've never had that experience, I mean, it, it's just amazing to, I mean, if everybody cried the same time, everybody went, Oh, at the same time. Um, you know, one lady saw my daughter when we first got there and she's like, Oh, well, you don't have any Dr. Who stuff here. Took a pin off of her shirt and put it on my, my daughter, you know? Um, so we, we were so enthralled with that event that I wanted to get something to remember it by and went over to Barnes and Noble, and I saw that episode. I think it's four sixty-seven, and that that whole kit. I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to save this." Um, and now, when you know, I took it out when we started going to collect this. I remember all that, and it's uh, mm -hmm. it's pretty cool just looking at a picture. Holding a magazine can bring back all that stuff to you. You know, oh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. What Randy was saying about the uh, the bookmark. You know, that, that's something that Will and I are really into. Is we're we want to get every one of those things. So we've got all five bookmarks. So nice, um, nice. <laughs> it took us a, took us a little bit of, of moving around and finding, but uh, those are the things that we're looking for too. You know, like if it had a disc, let's find one with that has a disc with it, because uh, some of them came with picture discs. Uh, mm -hmm. Some, like you said, with the uh, the, the iron ons and mm -hmm. transfers, um, posters, postcards. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what Randy got. Randy was the one that hooked us into the magazines when he made us buy those ones with him. Uh-huh. Uh, and they have brute force. Yeah, well, it had some <laughs> beautiful postcards in there that were just amazing. Yeah, and, and, you know, these, these things were back, you know, in the what 80s, 70s, you know, and they still survived and they were beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's what made us really want to get into uh, doing this. So, oh, that's fantastic, uh, William. Any any special issues to you, or did that cover it? Uh, uh, yeah, you, you, you already asked me. Oh, I already talked to you. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes in the big, Hey, that's fine. I lose that. I know I'll share a couple of my, my personal favorites. One, one of my, one of my dear ones, of course, was the first doctor who monthly. Um, and I remember getting this one, this was a really nice issue, but the other two that I really, uh, loved was, um, issue number 124 when they announced Sylvester McCoy as the new doctor, since there was a doubt whether or not there would be doctor who, and, uh, of course, really sad was a couple uh, months later, the July 1987 tribute to Patrick Troughton as he had passed away at a Doctor Who convention. And I remember hearing it on the local news and just being shocked that, you know, we had lost um, uh, a very important man in Doctor Who. And I'm, I'm still I still go back thinking, wow, at least I got to, to meet him back in 85 and one of the one of the most incredible experiences, of course, was sitting in the video room watching the Crotons. And after episode four was over, the curtain opened and Patrick Troughton walked out with a microphone to talk about it. And it just, you know, everybody went to their feet and just, you know, cheered him on. And he was just overwhelmed by the by the fandom. But um, some great stuff. And like I said, the covers do, you know, like I said, even this this cover just kind of reminds me of what an amazing doctor he was or, um, or even the, uh, the second, I, I was like the second doctor who weekly because the, the doctor in canine was, was very iconic back in the day. So some great stuff. In fact, uh, and even just things that, uh, you know, the, the comics that were reprinted in Marvel and, and then later its own comic book series. And now, um, things that are being reprinted today for doctor who magazine, just some amazing stuff. So my my final question here, um, and I guess, uh, let's see, any advice for new magazine collectors? So I'll start uh, I'll start with Chris on this one. Um, I mean, first, you know, figure out if you want to collect them all. There's a lot of issues, a lot of specials, um, offshoots like the Poster Magazine and Classic mm-hmm. Comics and some of the other ones. Figure out what you want to do with them. The one good thing is you can get them cheap-ish in lots pretty easily mm-hmm. especially if you don't have any you know uh, any in your collection um the you know even the older ones like the even the first few issues you can still find them relatively inexpensively for something that old so it, it's definitely an attainable uh you know, collection but there's just lots and lots of them and and like the other panelists were saying you know they had stickers in them they had had uh, all kinds of giveaways, so if you if you want to try to get it with everything can complete. Also, like the earlier issues, what I was finding when I was collecting them is people filled out the little forms inside them and cut them out and did all kinds of things. So, it depends on what you want to f- what you want to focus on. You want to f- figure out mint issues, all the issues, certain runs, maybe you know from the uh, new series. So, there's there's a lot you can go on just because it's been around for so long. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, okay. Uh, Elwithis, any, any, uh, suggestions for new people? Uh, 
as mentioned before, looking for them in lots like on eBay is a great way. Um, getting good with uh, Doctor Who stores like Alien Entertainment and uh, Who North America, those two I've gotten plenty of magazines from. In fact, I was lucky that uh, while I was in college, unfortunately, mom cleaned out some stuff and accidentally threw out a box that had almost all my Doctor Who magazines in it, except for a few that I happened to have taken with me uh, to Bloomington. So that that killed me. And then how am I going to get all those now? I checked comic shops. No one had them anymore and uh, for back issues. And I got lucky <laughs> that... Uh, shop managed to get an estate sale collection of Doctor Who material. Uh, a fan had passed away and the wife had gone, I don't know where to go. Can you help me out? Next thing you know, uh, I, I get a phone call going, hey, I know you've been wanting to try to get everything back. And I ended up getting about 75% of the run. Wow. For, and, and I was $400. I mean, that's a lot, but it's when you're talking 75% of the, the complete Doctor Who run, almost all mint condition for only 400 bucks, that, that's awesome. I mean, I, I was flipping out when I found two issue ones, one uh, that still had the, uh, the stickers in it, the scratch off stickers and, and the other without uh, that became my reading copy. Um, but I'd also highly recommend uh, getting into some of the Facebook groups. Like uh, I, I co-administer one with uh, Anthony Dieter called uh, the Doctor Who Magazine Collectors. And we, that's where I filled in gaps. I've helped other people fill in gaps. It's just, again, we're fans. That's probably the best way to do it. Meet other fans. And it, it's amazing how, how many will help each other back and forth with, with filling in their collections or offering advice of where to go. Like even here saying, Hey, where, what advice do you have right there? Um, those groups are also excellent uh, places to go. And then, of course, the these fine gentlemen right here in the uh, uh, in the chat right now have done some helping. So, just Fantastic. get out there. All right, uh, Randy. Any special advice? Um, yeah, just more of the same, really. Um, you know, finding your you know find a local used bookstore. I mean, half price books mm-hmm. seem to be. Uh, I, I hit them at the right time, and are, are the collection that me, Lee, and Will have had. You know. It's it's not just if you see a bunch and yeah if you if you can afford to get seventy five percent of the collection for four hundred dollars you find a way to get it, but mm-hmm. sometimes you just don't have it. If there's other collectors out there that need issues, and share share what issues you need. And we when uh, between half price, uh, eBay eBay is usually always a good source too. You can get lucky and find a lot. But again, you know, it's, it's hard when you have a big lot like that. Okay, how many duplicates am I going to get? Okay, well then, you know, like Louisa says, find you. You've got pages that people are looking for different magazines or, or have some to to sell that you know, it's fans helping fans. So, uh, but yeah, again, like Louisa, who uh, na Doctor Who Store dot com Alien Entertainment. They're all they're all good sources. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, William, any special advice? Uh, definitely kind of reaching on to what everyone has already said. Um, making a lot of friends on eBay, uh, especially, sadly, due to the pandemic, a lot of stores have had to move more into the digital storefront. 
Um, and I've found quite a few um, from all over the states that used to stock this stuff in a physical location. They're like, oh, yeah, no, it w- we'll go ahead and uh, give you a discount price or we can help you talk to some of our other store uh, managers that we know and help you locate it. So you need to make those connections um, if you want to successfully get all of them or get the ones that you're particularly looking for. OK. And uh, Lee, any any thoughts on that as well? Yeah, I think that you got to go back to what Chris was saying. You know, what do you want to collect? Um, we're we're still in that phase. Um, mm. We're we're you know I wrote them down. I mean, you've got Doctor Who Insider, which we just found out about. You know, which is the American version. Mm. Uh, you've got Doctor Who um, the special editions. You've got the specials. You got Doctor Who Weekly. Doctor Who Annual, uh, or no, a Doctor Who Marvel Monthly, Doctor Who Monthly, the official Doctor Who, the, the Doctor Who Magazine, and then Doctor Who Magazine. Um, we've, we've got some of all those. Um, and we're, we're trying to figure out what's the best way that we want to, you know, do we want to go with a lot of newer stuff or just the older stuff? Um, some of the prices out there are ridiculous. Uh, you, you've got to be careful what you're buying and where you're buying from. Uh, some people are just wonderful. I mean, we, we picked up a lot of, of 52 uh, magazines for $30, okay? And that was with shipping. Mm. You know, come on, you know, and then you've got other people are selling them for, you know, five, six bucks a piece, and then they're trying to sell, you know, seven, $8 shipping. Take a look, really look through and see. eBay is a good place to look. All the wonderful stores locally are great places to look. Um, get a friend like Randy, you know, who's got a great wife who picks out magazines every time she seems to be in the store. Um, so we we get a bunch of them from him. But um, just I, I think, though, before you spend a lot of money, really figure out what you want. And there's so many places on like, like um, TARDIS Fandom. You can look on there and see, you know, what's out there. Um, there's a lot of wiki sites and stuff. Uh, take a look and see, and then you can say, okay, now I want to start spending my money. Right, right. right. And I, I emphasize this on almost every podcast when I tell people that, you know, start small. You know, if you're looking at, you know, acquire, you know, the first 10, you know, go for that instead of trying to, you know, go go big. Um, and uh, just to, you know, look, or maybe look for those those special issues. Um and, uh, you know, I, of course, I, I realized um, that I, I skipped a question on the uh, on here about your main source. A lot of you have in, included those in those last answers. So I'll come back to anybody who didn't do that. But one of one of the a couple of places that I like to go, uh, abesbooks.com is a great place to go, not just for books, but you can find Doctor Who magazine there as well. Um, when you search, there's a, a checkbox on the side to check magazines and a lot of these bookshops are also selling their Doctor Who magazine, some within the United States. So there's free shipping. And um, that's the other part, too. Uh, the other places, too, you know, there's always the, you know, uh, Alien Entertainment has an eBay page where most of their older stuff is being sold. And that has been um, kind of a uh, I know Gene has told me that has been a big uh task for him is to find hire people to kind of go through the three warehouses. Yes. Three warehouses and get all of that stuff out there. Um, a lot of times, uh, I know he just bought a huge collection and I've been telling him, 
what did you buy? And he goes, well, I'll get back to you. Well, that was six months ago. <laughs> so you know, I was like, well, what, what's in there? Usually he gives me first pick of the litter before he puts it out there on eBay. So it's, um, you know, just the, I guess the, the benefit of having a long time friendship with him, but, uh, just, uh, those, those things, of course, you know, relying on, you know, I've, I've actually found a lot of great things through the Dr. Who magazine, Facebook group, which where I even posted the invitation here, uh, it's a great place to go. The Doctor Who Collectors Club on Facebook is a, another great place to go because uh, and also uh, Doctor Who Stuff for Sale has a group on Facebook, which uh, a lot of times you'll find some great magazines. Um, another I want to throw an ad hoc question out here because um, I forgot. I, just, I remember in my reading and my research, does anybody have the uh, October 2017 controversial issue that has the hidden profane message from Nicholas Pegg? I don't know if anybody remembers I, that story. I, I, rem I remember reading about it. I don't have that one. The uh, the the print magazine actually was uh, it was distributed, but then all the other copies were were pulled. So it's a very rare. It's one of the rarest magazines to find. The digital edition was edited, and of course, Mr. Pegg was fired, um, and 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 all that. But it was the first time that a magazine had been um, had been kind of. You know the editors. Uh, the editor, of course, left. Um, they had a big problem with the with the magazine. Uh, there was, you know, that particular one. So I was just curious if anyone has one. I do not own a copy of that one. I've been on the search for that one for quite a bit. Um, that is the only uh, controversy that was that came up in in the research uh, on Doctor Who magazine. Uh, anybody uh, have a have a source they go to that's uh, specific that hasn't been mentioned already? Go ahead and chime in. No. Well, Bar Barnes and Noble—they they consistently yes. get them in every month, and if you join the club, you get ten percent off too. But they—they they have almost every issue in them, which is the only place that you can just do a walk-in. I think that you can definitely get the issues. That's true. Barnes and Noble made a special deal with Panini, uh, so they can get the books. Panini is very difficult to work with from the United States, so Barnes and Noble, of course, has stores nationwide, and so they can do a big purchase. Uh, it was a lot easier back when I had the shop, uh, Marvel had the magazine. So the local comic book distributor also carried Doctor Who magazine as kind of a, a bonus. But the magazine wholesale prices were a lot higher because of the imports. Uh, so I remember that we could never sell the magazine for cover price. The initial uh, price of the magazine, Doctor Who Weekly 1, was 12 pence. And just going uh, through the years, number 126 uh, was one pound. Uh, so I don't know what the current uh, – anybody know, know offhand what the current cover price is, if they have one handy? It's about eight ninety nine to $9.99 uh, U.S. Okay, so it has, I gone, believe. Yeah. It has gone up quite a bit. And I know print um, – having worked in the, in the publishing field myself, that print is still – on a, on a slippery slope, but not dead. Uh, Doctor Who magazine con does continue, like I said, 560 issues and still going strong. So I want to thank um, my distinguished members of the panel today for discussing Doctor Who magazine. Of course, you can also uh, go and get a digital subscription to Doctor Who magazine, which will be delivered to your iPad or mobile device uh, for about almost a little less money than the print. Uh, so, if, of course, a lot of us like to have the actual physical magazine. So it's a, a real big uh, 
It's a real big thing with 560 issues, I think. And, and like everybody said, you can get back issues relatively reasonable. I haven't seen a lot of price gouging on magazines. Um, I've occasionally run into uh, somebody trying to sell one for a lot higher. And in fact, I'm still looking for the uh, outrageous offer part of my uh, podcast. i looking for a magazine that I could showcase. But so far, I've come up empty. But uh, you know, it's still, still to be had. And I still haven't gone through the emails yet to see what's out there. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for joining us for this Collector's Roundtable. Be sure to join us uh, when we do the call for roundtables. Please uh, contact us at Doctor Who Collectors Podcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, you too. In all my travelings throughout the universe, I have battled against evil, against power-mad conspirators. I should have stayed here. The oldest civilization, decadent, degenerate, and rotten to the core. Power mad conspirators, Daleks, Sontarans, Cybermen. They're still in the nursery compared to us. Ten million years of absolute power. That's what it takes to be really corrupt. And now it's time for the most outrageous offer. And today's outrageous offer uh, takes us, uh, as we are on the Doctor Who magazine theme today, uh, we decided to look for a Doctor Who magazine that might be a bit overpriced. And so we did find one, and that would be Doctor Who magazine issue 501. And we know that's an issue dedicated to Tom Baker um, with uh, art cards and posters and things that are all in that um, in that thing there it says i guess four art cards and too many posters so really cool it's a really cool issue um and we discovered uh, a seller in evanston illinois and they've been an online seller since 2010 so quite some time and they are selling this particular magazine it says new uh no picture or anything like that and they're asking 44 dollars and 94 cents plus three dollars and 95 cents shipping so that's around $48, give or take a few pennies there. So that seems a bit high. So I did another search for that magazine, and I've come up with different um, sellers uh, where the range of price is anywhere from $20 to $25, and some of them with free shipping. So if you're looking for issue 501 or any of those special editions, the most important thing about looking for uh gaps in your collection is to shop around and make sure you're not paying the highest possible price for something that you can get for a little bit less. Doesn't mean you're getting less quality. A lot of sellers are honest out there. Just talk to them. I recommend for Doctor Who Magazine, talk to the people in the Doctor Who Magazine Collectors Facebook page. I'm a member of that page, and one of our panelists uh, from today's discussion runs that page as well. So I do trust them, and they will be honest with you. So there you go. The most outrageous offer, and the most outrageous offer, of course, is brought to you today by Alien Entertainment and the Doctor Who Store. For all your Doctor Who collecting needs at DoctorWhoStore.com or in the Chicago area, you can visit them in downtown Lombard. They're on Main Street, and you can't miss it because the big Doctor Who logo in the window will be a dead giveaway. So this has been a most outrageous offer. Sad, Red, isn't it? People spend all that time making nice things, and other people come along and break them. And now it's time for collection protection on the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, and today we want to protect those Doctor Who magazines. And over the time that Doctor Who magazine was published, uh, the size changed. 
So I want to make sure we get the right size bags and backing boards for your particular collection of magazines. Um, I use protection materials exclusively from Bags Unlimited Incorporated, and I've been using them since 1981. You can find them online at bagsunlimited.com, or you can call their toll-free number at 800-767-2247. And if you do call, please tell them you heard about this on the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. So, in talking about the various sizes, I've measured the magazines uh, over time, starting with the first weekly all the way up to those special editions that are in the tall cardboard sleeves. And so I'm going to give you the codes for what you need from Bags Unlimited here. Um, the 8x11 magazines uh, will use a regular size magazine bag, and that code is SMAG2. And the backing board code is KCB30M, as in Mary. There we go. The uh, next size that I discovered here was an 8 and 3 quarters inches by 11 and a quarter inch size, and they'll use the A4 magazine bags, and that code is SA43, and the acid-free backing board code is KAF28A4. And the next size up was 8 and a quarter by 11 and 3 quarters size, and uh, that will use the A4 magazine bags and boards that I've already mentioned. That's the same, basically really close to those sizes. And the largest uh, collection there will be 12 by 10 and a half, and uh, those will use the Treasury Edition large magazine bags. That code is SPPTER. And the closest size backing board to this size is a 10 by 12, so they'll be a half inch smaller. And that's KCB30LMR. That is the best way to protect your um, collectibles as far as getting acid-free protection, protection from ultraviolet light. You can choose the nature of what bags, uh, when you get to the website, choose the type of bag you want for long-term, short-term, resealable, with a flap, without a flap, different types of chipboard backings to acid-free backings. You can make that choice as you go along. Um, these are the ones I mentioned are my recommendations, and of course we are not receiving anything from Bags Unlimited. This is my own experience. I was a dealer. We sold Bags Unlimited products back in the store days, and I use them to protect my collection today. So that is for Doctor Who magazines on collection protection. I want to thank you for listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. You can find this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, including Podbean. So we'll see you next time on the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting.